There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. What's up, everybody? This week, Centauri and I were welcomed on to the University of Advancing Technologies campus, better known as UAT, by Mr. Russ Yelton, the executive director of Perimeter 83, an organization which is opening up the University of Advancing Technologies campus to valley entrepreneurs who want to utilize all the incredible tools that UAT has. So very cool to be able to check out their facility. Um check out the school. They're doing a lot of great things. It's a great program. Well, a lot of super sharp students. And we were actually there to interview three of the students going through their innovation challenge that all of the uh, all of the students participate in as they are wrapping up their uh, wrapping up their their tenure at the at the school. So it's very cool. So we're going to get into that in one second. But first, wanted to thank PADT for their partnership in sponsoring today's podcast. PADT is proud to be celebrating their 25th anniversary this year, 25 years of being the Southwest's premier provider of tools and services to mechanical engineers around the world. PADT is a strong advocate of and supporter of Arizona's startup community. They're active participants in the Arizona Tech Council, the Arizona Commerce Authority's Venture Ready Program, and are active angel investors through ATI. They encourage others to join them in making Arizona a destination for technology startups focused on getting things done and disrupting a multitude of industries. We would like to bring special attention to PADT's 3D printing business. They resell Stratasys Systems, the world's leader in additive manufacturing solutions. They also offer 3D printing as a service, providing the widest breadth and depth of technologies in the region, including stereolithography, metal 3D printing, and carbons digital light synthesis for low-volume production plastic parts. Visit PADTINC.com to learn more about how they can help you with all of your physical product development needs. That's PADTINC.com. All right, let's get into the show. There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. And helping us move from awareness to action right now is Gabriel Howard. Welcome, Gabriel. Hello. Thank you for having me. And we are at the University of Advancing Technology talking to three students, Gabriel being one of them, about the Student Innovation Project Showcase. So tell us about your project. So my project is called uh, the Carry Call Smart Holster System. So it's a patent pending smart holster system for a firearm, most of the time a handgun. Um, basically, it has the ability to detect the draw of the firearm, and then it has the ability to call out to authorities once once it's kind of deemed necessary. So it's got kind of three different modes. It's got a green mode, which kind of signifies that the holster is, or the firearm is holstered. Um, and it's got a yellow mode, which kind of signifies that the firearm has been drawn from the holster. And then uh, finally, red mode is the kind of end game uh, where the police are called, police get involved um, mode, where either a shot has been fired or the firearm has been out of the holster for longer than 10 seconds. 
Um, so it's all while audio and video recording that entire process and that entire event. So um, and kind of for accountability and uh, all sorts of other things, but uh, accountability, kind of another safety net as well when carrying a firearm as well. Um, yeah. So what was the, not only what was the impetus, but kind of what problem are you solving with this? And, so, and I don't know a lot about firearms, so maybe no you can, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of kind of a lot of issues too um, as as a concealed carrier um, you know you, you you carry a firearm to protect your life if you ever god forbid need to use your firearm but um, then at the same time you also need to kind of take steps to protect yourself when that does happen because then at, the, at that point it's up to you to prove that you were justified in your actions and you you know that, that was warranted um, it also kind of goes into like an armed security guard using uh, the carry call smart holster too, it'll kind of give them a little bit more, um, holds them a little bit more accountable, a little bit more responsible because they can't, you know, take their firearm out unnecessarily. If they if they do, then they're going to need to follow up with the police about it, um, and it kind of just overall holds people more accountable to their actions. Um, and I also spoke with people, a lot of people too. That uh, I mean, there's 15 million dedicated concealed carriers in the United States, so. Um, I, I hope that this kind of product also drives that number a little bit up because it kind of gives them that safety net because talking to a lot of people that would normally never carry a firearm um, after seeing this product and hearing about it, a more um, more advanced version of it right now, it's kind of very prototype stage, but a more advanced version of it, hopefully um, it would kind of, I guess, I guess it would be empower people to, to carry a firearm more and, and use their second amendment a lot more uh, than we already do. Um, so I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people don't use that that amendment that they have been given. So um, kind of opens up a lot of doors, a lot of possibilities for not only the concealed carrier but law enforcement and then armed security as well. So so the um, why this? What made you? Is it just because you're such a proponent of the Second Amendment? Why did you focus on this as your project? Um, so I got really passionate about this, especially uh, this kind of started all all in August um, August 2018, um, and then I decided that it would be really useful for a bunch of different applications, decided to pursue a patent for it. But um, what really kind of irks me a little bit is uh, kind of what, what made me drive to continue to produce this and, and, and go about this project is um, I think all the way back to a concealed carry course that I took um, in May, kind of around my birthday. Um, one of the things that the instructor said was kind of like ringing off in my head just driving one day thinking about I, 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 I'm, I'm an avid self-defender, so I, I do think about, you know, the, these kind of situations a lot and how, how to how to proceed with them. And you know, if it, essentially, what the instructor said is he said, um, if you're ever in this kind of situation, this horrible, awful situation where you need to use your firearm, um, don't call 911 yourself. And the reason he says that is he says have someone else call 911 for you. And the reason for that is because um, after this deadly situation just occurred. You know, you're, it was the most momentous decision of your life, you know, actually using your firearm on someone else, having to defend yourself like that. Um, and then now you're stuck in this legal loophole, mm. this legal battle. Um, and then further down the road, the prosecutor is going to be sitting across from you and he's going to play that 911 recording. And then he's going he's gonna to pick it apart piece by piece by piece by piece by word by word by word. So um, and I was thinking about, you know, how, how, how do you avoid that? How do you, you know... You're, you're at the grocery store and you just saved yourself, your life, and someone else's, a bunch of other people's lives. You're like, hey, can you call 911 for me? It's just, I mean, how, how do you even get the words out to to, to say that? I mean, it, there's got to be an easier way to, to, to do that, to protect yourself. And 
uh, that's kind of where I kind of started to go off with this, and um, that, that does it all for you from audio, video recording. If you're, whether you're alone when this happens or you're in a crowded area where there's plenty of witnesses of what just happened, I mean, it'll, it'll be a non-biased party, essentially. <laughs> that's very cool. So. How long has it taken you to, from start to where we are today, to develop it? Um, I kind of conceived the whole idea um, in August of, excuse me, sorry, um, in August of 2018. So um, up until then, I, I really didn't have, I kind of had like a little bit of a proof of concept, I, and it, that really just consisted of um, a huge breadboard on, on the Arduino that it's that it powers it, the whole logic system of it. Um, and then it was just like three different lights and like, okay, does this whole three mode tiered system, does, does that work? You know, the green mode signifying, you know, it's holstered, yellow mode signifying it's unholstered. And now it's kind of actively listening for those shots to be fired. Or if it's been longer than 10 seconds in that yellow mode, then it'll switch into that red mode. And then uh, that'll be kind of the end game mode. So really from August, I guess, um, start to finish here, here we are now. Not, not, not at the finished part yet, but <laughs> getting there. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. Nice. So, uh, is it two years and eight months? Is 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 the duration of time at UAT, or is it three years? I saw on the uh, on the challenge something about two point eight years or something like that. Oh, the like but, the general kind of time it takes to, to get the for like the entire course, the entire yeah. degree course. Um, that really depends since it is a trimester based um, system. I mean, if if you go if you go three semesters every single year, it'll probably take somewhere around two point eight three years, just about. So it is a little bit accelerated for me. It was uh, a little bit more than that because I originally started out as an advancing computer science major, and then I kind of switched into network security, network engineering, and then um, yeah. So so it could could definitely take a 2.83 years just about, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be precise, very yeah. precise. All right. So if you could if you could make a, a an announcement to the world, a, a plea about your product, so that everybody would hear it, what would how, how would you kind of distill that down? Um, I don't know. Probably, so, so I'm, I'm an avid self-defender. I, I think that, it, you know, we, we have the right to, in, in, in America, we have the right to defend ourselves with lethal force, and I think that's an amazing thing. And uh, while it would be awful if we, you know, all had to use that, that right, but we do get that right. And I think that people need to be a lot more educated in, in defending themselves and, uh, Avoiding, avoiding awful situations, and, and uh, just just be be a lot more educated on on just self defense, and uh, you know learn learn more about your rights and, and exercise your rights if, if you can. Um, and a lot of people aren't comfortable doing that, and that's it's 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 sad that uh, they were kind of forced in that direction because we're we're almost we're afraid of our, our own rights, you know. It's and um, whether that's whether that's firearms, whether that's speaking up, whether that's a lot of things, a lot of our a lot of our rights that we just don't we don't use them enough, and I think that this kind of uh, allows people to use one of their rights a little bit more effectively, safely, and uh, hold them accountable while doing it too. So, love it. Yeah. <laughs> but where can people learn more about you or this and this? What was that? Where can people learn about you or this and this? Um, trying to get a website going up soon. Unfortunately, I don't have a website right now. I do have a, just a basic SIP portfolio site, but um, it uh, my my company is called Holster Advancing Technologies, and um, my my name is Gabriel Howard. So um, trying to trying to get my portfolio up and my uh, 
um, an official website for holster advancing technologies up, but the product itself also will be called the Carry Call Smart Holster or uh, Carry Call Smart Holster System, uh, or just the Carry Call. So, uh, basic, basic uh, terms. Excellent. Well, Gabriel, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Well, welcome back. Joining us now is Shelby Epley, also known as Shelby Elise Epley. <laughs> so Shelby, tell us about uh, tell us about your project. Well, first, thank you for having me. Uh, so I worked on DataWall, the digital border, is an interactive web-based data visualization platform built to feature the data created by immigration from Mexico into the United States. We created a uh, an interactive web page that you can interact with. Um, you can interact with all of our graphs. We also have a 3D map that you can go through, filter data, have drop-down menus, and you can sort between unauthorized and authorized immigration into the United States. So what would the ultimate, that's amazing, what's the ultimate application for this? Uh, so the application that we want to use this for is to help allow people to understand data and have it visualized in front of them because we scoured over a thousand thousands of PDFs from Homeland Security and built it into this program. So within just a few simple clicks, you access thousands of PDFs without having to go through multiple pages of them and get the information you need. We really want to target high school students and college students as well as professors and teachers. That way they can understand the data and it's also an unbiased website. So you can use us as a source and cite us in your actual papers. Are you aware that there's not a lot of unbiased information available anymore, Shelby? Oh, so. yes, yes. We, we never took a stance on anything. All we did was we compiled the information and put it into a platform that you can use. So these PDFs that you're referencing, what information are we talking about? So it's from Homeland Security is the information that they post. Um, and then it is just about the authorized and unauthorized immigration from Mexico into each state. So we have about 10 to 15 states that you can choose from currently. And you can click them down, and it goes from about 2005 until 2012, and you can filter them that way. Okay, so you went out and grabbed all that information and aggregated it all and made yes. it searchable? Yes, so it's all searchable within just a few clicks. And it's just uh, presented right in front of you. So you click on the state, you filter what you would like, and then you can see all the years. You can see the total number that the Homeland Security has given us in those PDFs, as well as the percentages. Why this data? Just because it was topical and timely, or what, what uh, prompted this? Yeah, so our from the way that we built our SIP project was because we understood that there's a huge there's a huge leap between trying to understand data, especially vast amounts of data, and most people they want to be educated, but they're not going to scour thousands of PDFs to be educated. They want it right there and quickly. True. So that's how we built it. And uh, we chose that topic because it is a hot topic, but also because we wanted to inform people. And that way everyone has information regardless of what their stances are. Got it. Okay. Thanks. And so how do you see, I, I was going to say what was some of the most interesting things that you found out, but I don't know that you're necessarily going through and looking for things, but is there anything that you, you found that was interesting? Uh, what we did find interesting, because we did choose a few northern states, so New York, New Jersey, and Illinois, and North Carolina as well, and we realized they actually do have very high levels of immigration, regardless of if it's authorized or unauthorized. They actually do have very high levels of it, and especially when they're states that, with a smaller population, you realize that immigration is actually a huge part of their population. They make up a huge base of it, mm -hmm. and you don't really realize that, because you usually think of only certain states that people immigrate to, yeah. but in reality, it's all over the country, and you don't realize how much 
of the immigration population actually makes up the entire state population. Got it. Are you worried about, so we know that from data, um, you can skew data to, yes, it's unbiased, but you can use it any to actually support any stance that you want. Are you, um, have you thought through or are you comfortable with this being used as a tool for work on either side? Uh, it's just out there and whatever people do with it, it's, it is what it is. Yes, and okay. that's why we're mainly just targeting high school students and college students just because they are using us for their projects and mm-hmm. their reports and everything. So that's our, ma- our major base. However, um, we're unbiased. We built it with no biases whatsoever. So if someone uses it for either side, then they've used it and that's fine. Got it. So in your three years um, here at UIT, what are mm-hmm. some of the the top things that you've learned? Uh, wow. So I learned, I came in September of 2016. So I've been here for almost two and a half years and I graduate this semester and I learned that nothing will ever prepare you for college. You just, you take this leap regardless of how many classes you took in high school to prepare yourself, how, no matter how hard you worked in high school, nothing truly prepares you because you're in this new chapter of your life. And I've worked full-time my entire college career. So going through those trials and um, trying to keep up my grades and everything and get that 4.0, I wanted, you know, nothing is ever going to prepare you. And you have to work hard to get where you want in life. And it shows if you work hard, especially right now in these years of your life. Yes, got it. I appreciate that very much. Although I have zero knowledge of what it takes to get a four point. <laughs> yeah, that was not that was not a goal of mine. <laughs> that was a huge goal of mine, and I got it. Well, so. well, that, that's congratulations! Awesome. That's you. pretty cool. That's awesome. Congratulations. So, um, is there something about the world of technology that you've been immersed in over the past two and a half years that you wish that more people understood and knew about? I wish people understood that, regardless of your background and your history, is anybody can get into developing technology and working mm. with it. And that's something I'm a huge proponent for STEM programs within elementary, middle school, and high school to get these kids exposed to it because I wasn't really exposed to technology. I just did graphic design throughout high school. I came here with no knowledge in 3D modeling, animation, or anything like that. I just jumped into it and I wish I had been exposed to it more, but being here, it helped me learn that regardless of where you come from and what your schooling was in your previous years, you can do it. You just have to put in the work and put in the effort and you can do it. I'm glad you shared that. I think a lot of folks are really intimidated by technology, intimidated yeah. by this work. Um, and so saying that it's pretty accessible if you're willing to put in the work, is that's very, very insightful. So yeah, thank you. just put in the work and then you can do anything with technology. Sweet. Awesome. So Renee, where can people learn more about your project? So we do have a website. It's datawall.site. Uh, you can also look Ooh. up Datawall, the digital border. It is free for anybody to access right now currently. We have two different maps that you can choose from. It just depends on your preferences. Nice. That's for sure. What do you mean? Uh, so we have a map that uh, we call Retro. Uh, that one's geared more towards a younger audience, however. So it has bright colors. You know, you know automatically you need to click on Datawall and click on the description to get to the map. And we found with the older generation, they didn't quite understand that. So we wanted to tailor it to people um, who could who didn't understand how to use a map. So we built a second map that tells you exactly where you need to click and how to get to the map and how to use the data. That way, anybody can access our data and not have, run into any issues. Awesome. Well, Shelby Epley, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Welcome back. Joining us now is Renee Grauberger. Welcome, Renee. Thank you for having me. So, Centauri, how how are we doing so far? 
in this. Yeah. I think we're doing, I, I love it. It's I've, been really insightful. It's, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, our last guest, Shelby, talked about how, um, how accessible technology can be. And, you know, for me, technology was never my path. I was an English major, by the way. Um, but I wish I, to her point, being exposed to STEM a lot earlier, I just never even thought about it. So that's been kind of my big takeaway for today. Awesome. Yeah. Renee, tell us about your project. My project is Planet Custodians. It's a game board that, or a game that is targeted for ages four to eight to teach young children about recycling ah. and how to identify various materials. So all the parts to the game were printed on our 3D printer using recyclable PLA plastic to stick with the theme of the game. They spin the spinner and travel around the board and the innovation on this is it's not just visual, it's also tactile. Mm. So the spinner may tell them paper and they have to move to the next paper product on the game board. So each tile has pictures of different materials, things that they would find around their home, whether it's a paper towel roll or um, a tuna fish can, something like that that they could easily identify with what they already have. And they will collect materials, they can actually inspect, feel, touch, everything. Um, as they progress through the board, they will gather three of each material, or as they gather three of a specific material, they can redeem it and receive a gold bonus coin. I also have on the spinner a recycle spot, so if they land on that, they can advance to the next recycle spot, they can dump all of their collectibles and receive a bonus coin. So the student or the person who gets three bonus points and gets to the end first wins the title of Planet Custodian. I love nice. it. And did you say PLA plastics or peel away plastics? PLA. What does that mean? It is a recyclable plastic that we can use in one of our 3D printers over here. Nice. Okay. So one of the so it seems like the the main point of the game is to incentivize young kids to know that you are rewarded for for recycling. Yes, rewarded, and also to just instill in them at a very young age how to recycle, why mm -hmm. we should recycle, what materials um, are recyclable so that it becomes second hand for them and that they don't have to learn something later or try and figure it out. They just know. And that will be less in the landfill. That will be better for right. the planet. So all of our future generations will hopefully not deal with some of the same things that we're dealing it's with. It's interesting now. because one of the things that I, I didn't know is like how much, how many things are quote unquote recycled that really aren't recyclable. So adults have a really good, hard time discerning what you actually can um, put in that bin. So getting them really early on, that's that's a really smart idea. Yes. So I, I love the, the fact that the winner gets some kind of a prize. Mm -hmm. Do the losers, does something really bad happen to them because they're not understanding <laughs> how you need to be recycling? That's terrible. But no, I definitely so. not. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's just it's one of those reinforcement kinds of things. Okay, and what was the age range again? Four to eight. Four to eight. Okay. And it was, I'm sorry, it's visual and tactile? Yes. There's examples of plastic, paper, metal, and glass mm -hmm. in the game that they actually, as they traverse the game, and if they land on a glass bottle... Not only do they move their player or their piece to the glass bottle, they actually pick up and collect a piece of glass that's included in there. And so everything, they can actually turn it over and look, and they can feel the difference between a piece of glass and a piece of plastic. And mm -hmm. They can manipulate it and inspect it as nice. they go. So. I love it. Very cool. So are, you have a passion around just protecting the earth or the environment or recycling? 
To a certain extent, I do. I grew up in Alaska, and oh, wow. I was in high school when the Exxon Valdez mm. hit, and I got to see all the damage um, that it, not just to wildlife, to the environment, to everything else. And the years upon years upon years, um, it has taken for Alaska to recover. And ever since that point, I've always just wanted to do my part, knowing that I may not be able to affect the world, but I wanted to do what I could. And so teaching the next couple generations on the importance of it and how to do it, hopefully that will slowly but surely change things in the future. I think at the end of the day, that's really all we can do, right? You need to tend to the part of your garden that you can actually reach, right? So I think that's awesome. So in your time at, at UAT, what are some of the, the big lessons that you've learned or some of the big things you've learned? Um, gosh. I, I've learned things that I never thought I would need to do. I learned how to build a database, which is something as a business technology major and not ACS or applied computer science or a network security. I never really thought I would need to learn how to do that. Um, I've learned how to use the... 3D printers, I've learned how to use the laser etchers, I've learned how to use all kinds of machinery and programs and things I never thought I would need as a basic business technology accounting background kind of person. So, so what uh, overall attracted you to UAT? Like why this school? I work here. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I actually do. I'm the bursar, um, so I handle all of the student accounts here. Wow. So I came in with the accounting background, decided to go with a business technology degree. And that degree is actually melds the two realms. You have business classes, you have accounting, you have branding, you have all of that marketing side. But then you also learn about the different tech. So it makes you a little more versatile in the workplace these days. Nice. And so that is what I chose to do and why I am here. Outstanding. That's awesome. What do you wish that more people knew about technology? I think the biggest thing for me is that there really is something for everyone. Technology at this point in time reaches just about everyone. And they may not realize that something as simple as, you know, designing a logo or wanting to start their own company or, you know, gosh, I really wish I could draw that from a simple art degree turns into a mm -hmm. game art and animation or a game design. And they can go out, um, not just make games for Sony, but they can take that into the workplace and become a graphic designer. It gives them more opportunities in web design and digital media. They can actually expand upon that into various realms outside of game. Awesome. Where can people learn about Planet Custodians? Um, currently, my website for my student innovation project is Renee Graberger UAT at Weebly.com. Eventually, I hope to have my own URL for Planet Custodians, but as of right now, they would need to look at my Weebly account. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, Renee Graberger, thank you so much. Thank you. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding 
how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. On behalf of Centauri and I, thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and feel free to share the show on social media. Thanks a lot.